Hello and welcome to the Rope Report Lasses podcast in association with Her Game 2, the campaign against sexism and misogyny in football, and of course, Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined to talk about um, England and Northern Ireland's group stage, a bit about the quarterfinals and the tournament so far at the Euros in 2022 by She Kicks magazine editor, Ex-Sunderland player Jen O'Neill, how are you this morning? Jen, you out on the uh, on the pop in uh, Newcastle last night? On the old hoy, yeah, in in <laughs> enemy territory for some people who listen to this. Yeah, I've come back up from the south where I've been mainly sort of Brentford, Southampton, Brighton for the games, and uh, I've timed it nicely, haven't I, to avoid the death heat wave? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm 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 quite lucky out over in the west. It's not horrendous yet. Um, the the heat, but uh, hopefully everyone's keeping themselves safe, hydrated, cooled, uh, and well ventilated. Somebody asked um in the press conference, asked Serena Beekman just hours before she tested positive, and then we haven't seen her since. Um, how they were coping with the heat and whether they're doing stuff differently in training, and she said, "We love it." <laughs> well, that's great. They're very fit, and <laughs> so they're yeah. able to cope. Um, and and uh, I, I, you know, it 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 has given a different dynamic, I think, to the to the tournament. I don't think many people would have predicted that um, a summer tournament in England would be basically like being in in southern Spain. I think it's given it like it just reminds me of London twenty twelve. My dad mm. was a games maker, and I was waiting for Five Live on it, so we're sort of in and around it a lot, and it, just uh, all the visiting fans. They've been so colourful and the the weather's been great as well, which helps because you think everybody's scurrying about in the rain, it would have been very, very different. Yeah, well, just hopefully the uh, the, the transport system holds up because, you know, you've experienced that at, at Brighton um, the other day and um, and they're, they're recommending people don't travel by train the next few days. We're, we're recording on Monday morning because of the, the extreme heat Um and we know what that can do to, to, to infrastructure in, in the United Kingdom. Um, so uh, hopefully by the time uh, people are, are trying to get to Brighton on Wednesday, um, the, the, it's cooled down a little bit and that, and that rain has come in. Hopefully it will. I didn't think we'd be talking about the weather, but it's very, very <laughs> English. Well, a very English thing to do, of course. <laughs> yeah, but um, talking of talking of being British, uh, English, we had Eng- England on Friday um, against Northern Ireland. Um, pretty much, well, I thought it followed a similar pattern to the to the um, World Cup qualifying game at Windsor Park. Really, um, same scoreline. Obviously, it was it was two nil, not one nil at half time, but. Northern Ireland put up a, a a great fight for for forty minutes, didn't they, Jen? Yeah, they were they were heroic, really, just throwing themselves when it when it came down to it, and they had to throw themselves at stuff. That's what they were doing, and yeah, very well organised and sort of passionate, disciplined performance. You, you, I mean, England probably could have got a couple, but I mean, if you're the defending team, you just got to do your best, and they did do that, and it was a a sucker punch. The goal just before half time because they're going at one and then they you know they've got something to fight for. Everybody will have heard it. Missing Simone McGill to the ACL really sad for that to happen in the first match. That mm-hmm. just meant that they didn't have that outlet and it also put more of an onus on players like Rachel Furness who I I, I I mean everybody loves Fernie but 
she she didn't have the impact I thought she would have in in those games. There's loads more to come from her, but yeah, she wasn't as she was more anonymous than you would expect for her. That doesn't mean she played badly. It's just she normally no. takes a game by the scuff of the neck, and it was they were more chasing than anything else. That was it. She showed plenty of energy, didn't she? She was you know buzzing around, but um, you know England always had an option. Her pressing wasn't really able to be that effective, um, in especially in that first half when she was um, you know trying to put trying to put our backline under under pressure. They had a few um, runs, didn't they, Lauren Wade? Yeah, certainly. yeah. Early on, that was a, that was a scare, definitely when Wade cut in from the right. That's the pattern with England, isn't it? That they and that's one of the things that people have sort of suggested that worries them slightly that they don't start that quickly, and so teams do have a bit of a go at them and then they wait till they tire a little bit and, and then they kill them off. That seems to yeah. be the pattern and it has been since Serena took over. Definitely. There were some 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 great goals though and the one that opened the uh, opened the account for England, Frank Kirby, um, I, I, I think my favourite England goal of the tournament so far and there have been so many uh, to choose from. Oh no, the uh, Russo, but... the Russo second one, tunes ball in and a turn and finish. That's got. I mean, Kirby's was brilliant, but that that the just the slick fluidity of it that was that was beautiful to watch. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was a lovely, lovely like kind of like drag back um, on the half turn, beautiful. Uh, but I just thought Kirby's. If you look at the shape of it and the technique to to do that. Um, you know, she wanted the ball laying back to her anyway, and it came back to her, and she was just ready for that, for that shot, and no, no, no keeper was stopping that. It was just, it was just lovely. It had me jumping up and down. <laughs> I've been getting frustrated with her, not with her all around play, because Fran Kirby's Fran Kirby. She won't mm. shoot. She when yeah. she's obviously to me, she's not quite back to top like match fitness and and sort of. So she, when she gets. The, when you, you get that split second chance to shoot I've seen her turn back and keep possession, it's all brilliant but I wanted her to go for it and so I think that might have just clicked a little bit for her but she's every game she's been getting better and better which is ominous for I guess it's Spain next isn't it so that's brilliant for us Yeah totally and, and you can definitely see her getting back into form and there are moments you know when I've been watching it thinking we will be a different team if if we didn't have Frank Kirby in it. In in that she's a, you know, there isn't another player like her. You know, she's not. You can't say, oh yeah, you take her out and you put X in. You know, but, someone like Jill or whatever would, would yeah. give something different in a kind of a in 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 that area of the pitch. But she's just so mercurial. I know it's a cliche, but she she's 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 hard to pin down. Literally, you know, her position on the pitch is hard to to establish, um, and and she's just she's great. She's I, I just love watching her play. And she is, as I've said to a few people, my favourite lioness who hasn't played for Sunderland. Actually, <laughs> when she has played against Sunderland in the past, she has absolutely ripped us apart. So. Uh, and possibly why I've got such admiration for her, really. Well, Mick did try. Mick Mulhern <laughs> did try to get her to come. Really? She's got family from Jarrow. And her, oh. mom, her mom was a Sunderland supporter, you know. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a new link. Uh, we're going to claim her as one of our own, definitely. And we need her in red and white. Really, we've just got to get Mel on the case now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there might be a bit of competition for that now. <laughs> I think so, yeah. 
could uh, could be the 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 um the Edelton Retirement Club. Um, <laughs> last year, last year of your career, come back and play in in red and white. This this might this might upset some people, but that's what Durham was for a while. But well, certainly not anymore. <laughs> No, they just take uh, they just take some of those players at the prime of their career, and uh, when when we're on our way down, but we won't go into that. We might come on to to um to to, to more about Durham though, because you had a word with uh, Sarah McFadden after the game in the mix zone. So let's have a little bit of a listen to that now. Well, sorry if I ask you stuff you've already been asked. Uh, so what's it like when you have waves of England attacks coming at you over and over? Uh, it's just, especially the second half. In the first half, I think we kept, we were close um, and we sort of frustrated them. And we actually, every time we kicked out of the play, it was like, oh, we've got them here. You can see them starting to get frustrated. But that second half, they just showed why they're world class. They brought on the subs and they changed the game when they just opened up spaces so quickly, their movement, everything like that. But I'm proud that we held strong and kept it at five because in recent years it could have went to five, six, seven, eight and we're happy now that the game's over and I had a dream of a big 20 nil, so five nil's all right. <laughs> so you personally have now played against Hegerberg, Bila and White and how many goals did they score? I think zero. <laughs> exactly. You better not say too loud. What, what has it been like playing against players of that? That caliber. Yeah, it's been incredible, especially the first game against Hagerberg. Like she's somebody I've watched like all all the time. Watched her in the Champions League final, and she gave me a bit of fear. And then just the fact that she was so nice, and she had like a persona that the media don't ever bring across. And I just feel from that to for her not to score was great. But the fact that now I can go away and say no, she's a lovely girl, and she's doing the best for women's football, and that was one of the main things I've got from this. If you threw everything. At- you know, to try and keep the ball out in the first half, and then that that killer goal just before half time. What did it feel like going in at half time? <sighs> to be honest, we should say we're just happy that we can keep it too, because we've talked about before how England, if we look at the other night against Norway, they scored, scored, scored really, really quick after each other. But we're a lot more, we're stronger now that when the first goal goes in, we can regroup and get together again and stop because we know that they can turn it on and in the blink of an eye. And we're happy that like we were like. We held together. So, so now it's kind of over. How how do you feel looking back on it? I know it's so so soon afterwards. Um, I, I, it's hard to think, but everybody asks, "Oh, how's it been? How's this?" And I don't feel it'll be until we go home and we realise like we just need to make sure that this isn't the end. We need to make sure that the next group of girls coming through is ready. If you look, whenever Scotland qualified, look how good they've become now, and we need to make sure that the Irish FA are investing and they're using this as a platform that little girls now can dream and can qualify. So qualify again in a couple of years' time. So what's next for you in the next few weeks? Back to Durham, back <laughs> up the road, but at least I don't have to go back to teaching. So I'm now a full time footballer, so Fantastic. I've got rid of my teaching job. I know I'm 35, but I've taken a chance on it to, well, to give it a go, so might Nar- as well. Narissa's proved that you've still got a few years left in you. That's her. Her and Julie are both two years older than me, so they're the ones that are, I look up to and think that they're doing it at their age and they're playing in part time leagues. I'm lucky, I play in a great league and I've got I've played a great club so I'm lucky that I can continue to grow and continue to play full time and do you think that Harper's had a, a, a good exciting time as well watching her mummy play oh she's had the best time she's been at Butlins all week but like even tonight she's been 
on her dad's shoulders, like, shouting, no, Sarah McFadden. <laughs> so, like, now she realises what football means to me, and I think now, maybe when I'm leaving, it won't be as bad for her, because she knows that hopefully she'll get more experiences like she has tonight. Thank you. Go and see them as soon as possible. Thank you. So it was really nice to hear from, from Sarah McFadden, Robson, there. Um, different names on the back of the shirt for uh, Durham and for Northern Ireland, but, but the same player. And, uh, and and Kenny Shields says that she's a, the best centre-back in the tournament. Do, do you agree? So far, who can you... I mean, the group stages, she's done exactly what she's been asked to do. We had a bit of a laugh, didn't we, about mm-hmm. she stopped these world-class famous strikers from scoring. That's her job. How big are the pockets in her shorts? Because she's <laughs> got three of them in there at the moment. She did it brilliantly. And yeah, wouldn't it's the sort of player where you think, well, if she'd had the chance to be professional earlier and she, actually somebody had made her play centre-back earlier in her career, mm-hmm. like what, what yeah. could have happened? But there's a maturity there as well, and but just full-on commitment. She's good. She's good. She, I was so pleased for her. She was brilliant. Yeah, she's got she's got that ability that you need of a centre back, even you know a more more mature age. She's she's thirty five, just knowing where she needs to be, and being in the right place, and and knowing how to uh, to keep a top striker at bay. Um, and she's got that aggression as well, which is you know legendary. I think the the, the whole of the the women's championship knows what it feels like to have uh, Sarah Robson. Jumping behind you and smashing you to the ground. Well, she, uh, she, she she might clatter somebody, but she's immediately picking that person up and apologising. Oh yeah. There's a yeah. yeah it's, there was a actually there was a lovely moment at the end of the game the other night when the England players are celebrating, and the Northern Ireland players and staff are heading towards the Gawa in the corner. Who they were phenomenal. Yeah, uh, they were. And Frank Kirby was the first England player to actually go to Kenny Shields and sort of come, you know say well done and. Um, commiserations I guess and he gave her a hug and I just thought that showed the class of Frank Irby and a few of the others afterwards came past and shook his hand and stuff but he, he gave her a hug Yeah and I mean it, you know England I think have been you know obviously really dominant but quite kind of humble with it as well uh, all the way through the tournament really it's been um, it's been great and I think they've showed a great attitude and I think um they're exuding confidence, though, and that's the that's the thing I like to talk about with with England. Obviously, um, we've got Spain coming up in a in a couple of days' time, um, and there is this sense amongst fans that I talk to of just overwhelming confidence. Um, and you're you're grimacing as I say that because you, as you've described on this podcast, you know you're not wanting to 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 say it out loud what a lot of England fans are saying now, which is, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the best team in the tournament, we're favourites, we should smash this. Um, do you think that there's a, um, you know, that the, the squad, having been around them, having talked to them, um, still kind of keeping their feet on the ground, um, they're not going to get carried away? And do you think that, like, there's absolutely no way that they'll, they'll be complacent against Spain on, on Wednesday? I don't. I don't expect them to be complacent at all. Like Lucy Bronze in the mix on the other night, quite realistic about the fact that I think she used the word um, what was it edged or uh, sort of squeezed past Austria. There's mm-hmm. the, there's the, there's a realism to it. She's absolutely loving 
playing behind Beth Mead. She says, as a right-back, you want to have a connection with the people in front of you. She said, it's, it's, it's quite a lot of fun playing behind Beth Mead at the moment and then having Georgia Stanway inside. But, but you get the, the, the message from all the players is, like, they're loving it. And that's what I'm really appreciating, seeing them embrace the atmospheres and, and, and performing so well. But they it... It is just one game at a time, isn't it? Not even in that sort of cliche sense. It's actually, but we just we've only won that one. Now we've got to do another one, and every yeah. game can be different. And Spain have been hugely frustrating, but you can't deny how uh, fantastic they are at possession football. And I worry that the the lift that they've got from the end of that game in the beating Denmark and scoring mm. very late on, that will carry them and hope, and maybe they will start to actually play the way that they can to their potential. But everybody knows like, that they're missing two of their goal scorers and, and I think ultimately that'll be their undoing. I can't see how they can fix that problem of relying on these two characters so much. It's too too quick for them to be able to, to turn around and and put together a performance that is good enough to beat England. So as much as you know I'm a pessimist, I, I do actually think that England have got this quarterfinal sorted. It doesn't mean that there's not a lot of hard work and we won't all be like chewing our hands off and um, when it comes well, to kickoff. I doubt it's going to be another big scoreline, but I, I, I've been in... I don't, I'm in... not sure. I think I honestly think that if they get a one or two, then there's not stop, nothing stopping them getting a few more. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because obviously you've got Spain who do. I mean, they keep the ball like 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 no one else. But you've got England with a with a home crowd, with all that energy that they've got across the pitch. There are no weak parts of the England lineup, which I think is one of the one of the things that you know I look across the the all of the different teams in the tournament. And I think I talked to you about it before, but there's an unevenness of talent across the the starting eleven, and certainly across the squad. And they haven't got the depth that we've got. Whereas our players are there's a, there's a baseline level on our starting eleven, which is which is really really high. Um, and I think if Spain try to start picking holes in us, we'll start picking the ball off, and and we've got the pace to beat them. But do you think they'll be able to keep the ball? Against our press, which is really, really good. Yeah, do you think I do, they'll be able yeah, to be able to they'll beat our press and and kind of dominate that centre of the park? Yeah, I think that they'll. They do, that's what they do. That's all they know how to do. And somebody was asking the other day, do you think that they actually sort of because they only needed a draw against Denmark? Did they sit back? They don't know how to. No, that's not that. That's not in their culture. They don't love defending as much as they've got two combat of. Uh, centre backs, and I I won't be surprised if Paredes gets sent off, because I they 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 sit too high. They get I mm. mean if Finland can catch you, and they've they've I think it's about three or four games had conceded in the first three or four minutes. So that was one of the the triumphs of the game against Denmark. They actually went at Denmark and didn't concede early. I'm sure England will be trying to or thinking how they can do that, and it's it's the. It's a, the ball over the top or the, that incisive pass that catches them. In the, but there's the big debate is does Ellen White start because everyone's clamouring for Russo and I certainly mm-hmm. was at the start of the tournament. I thought I think start Russo, but Ellen White absolutely superb against Norway. 
and I've, I've talked about this before, her and Jill Scott have played against Spain more than any other players in the England side. Uh, she needs to play because she understands when to go for the ball, when not to go for the ball, and defend from the front, as you're saying, from that press. She, she'll she be key. She could nick the ball. We did that against Norway. It, they, Spain, Spain don't know anything other than keeping the ball, so that's what they'll do. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the midfield could be really important, really, uh, for, for England. I heard... Um, Kaz Carney talked on a podcast the other day about how her and Jill would basically practice being crabs and going sideways across the pitch to kind of um, just just block them out, really. And you know, if they've got the ball, you know, in, just inside their own half, they're not doing any damage to not doing any damage to us. Um, so, do you think? Do you think that you know, Serena's just obviously kept. Very consistent starting eleven so far. Do you think that there will be any changes? You've, you know, Russo could 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 start, but but you know, Ellen White's experience, as you've said, she knows how knows how to play against this team. Do you think there'll be any changes anywhere else to kind of to deal with the way that Spain play? Because we haven't faced a team like this in the tournament so far. Uh, well, I started the early shout for Jill Scott to start just purely because she understands. I don't think that there'll be any changes, no. no. I, I, why, why would you? If if you stick to your guns that much that you don't uh, disrupt the starting lineup in the Northern Ireland game, why would you do it in the quarterfinals? Although Serena's much more astute tactically than me or, and no, no disrespect or you. Oh, no, and, 100% and so, no, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know nothing. I just talk. <laughs> so they, so they, they might, they might throw in something there, but I don't know. I think they're just so good at what they're doing. Why, why risk it? Why change it? No, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, 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 you know, instinct says that she's she won't change anything, but then, then again, you never know. We're talking about Spain being brilliant on the ball, and they are. But the bizarre thing is they they're scoring all their goals through headers, so it's actually. But that's sometimes where England can be a bit vulnerable or have been in the past. But yeah. I mean, it's, t- it's ridiculous saying they're vulnerable at the moment because what the ninety-eight goals and three conceded under Serena Beekman, we could get to a hundred within a year. But crosses, crosses, and defending set pieces has always been a bit of a an issue, and we haven't been tested that much. Although balls into the box from Norway and stuff, they repelled them. Millie Bright has always been massive in, in winning those headers. You just got me thinking about the Norway game, actually, and um, Lucy Bronze, who in the in the Austria game, defensively, I didn't think she was absolutely um, on it. She maybe wasn't quite close enough to the winger, allowed the ball into the box, gave us one or two hairy moments at the back, obviously, that, that Millie Bright and Leah Williamson dealt with. But um, do you think that that is something we might have to watch um, she was obviously much better in the in the Norway game and got got tight to the to the wingers when they did have the ball, which wasn't very often. What do you think about about kind of that full back area because it is maybe somewhere where there might be a change. Uh, Lucy Bruns was average by her standards against Austria, and to be honest, has been a lot of the season. She was back to Lucy Bruns at her best against Norway, and mm-hmm. has hopefully carries that on. Um, that is that is that's right though to highlight that right hand side as much as her and 
Beth have been fantastic. And and Beth and um Hempel are switching as well. They do this quite regularly now. Lauren Hemp and Beth yeah. switch rings through the game. And it's not just from a corner. And I, I always try to work out what the trigger was, but um we'll we'll hopefully figure it out over the next game or two. But that's where Spain finally started uh, a tenure, Athenea. I can never know quite how to um pronounce it. Del Costillo. She's a She's only twenty two, I think. She's the mm. she just runs at people. She's fast. She's skillful. She's to me, Spain's most exciting sort of young player of coming through, and she made a big difference against Denmark by doing that. That she will capitalize on the fact that um, Lucy and Beth like to to push up. So there's going to have to be some discipline about when when they do that. But we've talked about this before, haven't we? That Lauren Hemp's been relatively quiet compared to Beth Mead. That's because teams are, um, mm-hmm. excuse me, they're shitting themselves about Lauren Hemp. And if you if you put a lot of your emphasis on stopping Lauren Hemp, well, that's when Georgia Stanway and um, Beth Mead get a bit of yeah. freedom and, and come in and, and score the goals that they're scoring. Georgia Stanway, for me, has been the surprise from England. I mean, there have been so many good performances, but coming into the tournament, I didn't think that she would be England's best player, and I think she's got an argument to be that. Obviously, Kira Walsh is the pulling the strings, but Georgia Stanway has, has been there to put the fight, and you've got to win your physical battle first, and she's certainly done that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we have obviously, we have been really dominant. I think it will be a, a very different game on Wednesday. Um but like you, I'm 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 pretty confident that that will win this one. Now, looking at the rest of the 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 tournament, the rest of the groups, obviously Spain edged through against Denmark. Germany were already through at the top of the group and got a it 3-0 in the end win the other night. Um which saw just saw the goals going in. I haven't really watched it. I think it was the one that that people and not watching back because it was a bit of a dead rubber as it was. But they, I think, look great. And I've still got my eye on that 31st of July, England-Germany final at Wembley, which is very much a possibility with the way that the the, the draw is. Um, we saw in Group C the two big teams there eventually find the their uh, goal-scoring form yesterday. Um, with Sweden and, and Netherlands, Sweden scoring five, Netherlands scoring four. Ominous for you, those two coming into form in the third game of the tournament? You're saying England, Germany in the final. I, I expect Sweden to beat England in the semi final. Well, we'll see. I think, I think that will be an absolute classic, that one. Yeah, but I mean, everybody get well, you can't. If you want to capture the wider public's imagination, because there's quite a debate about whether, because we're all in the the bubble as it were, well, we, yes. we're we're interested. Is it is it is it a breakout success other than it sort of smothering BBC coverage? But if England play Germany at Wembley, then everybody's going to know about it. I think they will. We're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves there. Well, it's, you know, we're not that far ahead of ourselves. We're saying we're going to beat Ger- we're going to beat um, Spain. <laughs> And yes, uh, we've moved on. That's done. Yeah, and we've, now we've moved on to like who's who we're gonna have in the semi final, and then we are only three games away from lifting that, lifting that trophy. So and I, I'm I'm just still I'm I'm riding the wave. I, I'm pretty. I'm n- not gonna let anything knock me. Nothing. We've had no injuries, 
So I'm crossing my fingers that, here. That's amazing, isn't it, as well? And everyone else has. Obviously, we've had the COVID situation. I think Demi picked up a little. She's got a that, knee niggle, yeah. Yeah, that she couldn't, um, she couldn't take part the other night. But and and was was Lucy ill? Has that been? She had a little sickness or something. She was before the tournament. Yeah, yeah. when she got taken off quite early, didn't she? Um, yeah. Surprisingly, and she didn't. She looked a bit oh. But when we spoke to her after the game, she said she was absolutely fine. She actually said that one thing that they need to improve on is set pieces. She said we've actually been working a, a huge amount on our set pieces, and we haven't scored any yet. So that that's that's promising, and it and that could actually be integral, certainly against Spain. So- so um, every everyone getting their their money on uh, Millie Bright header off a off a well, corner. Lucy scored a header in twenty fifteen against Norway, didn't she, in the quarterfinals? And um, she scored against Norway in the twenty nineteen quarterfinals. I, I did ask her, are you are you winding up to a quarterfinal goal? Well, that would be great. Lovely. We're, we're loving the fact that excellent players are scoring in all of these games as well. <laughs> did this in your Green King? Uh, offer free beer to people who have the same name as the England team because they're showing all of the matches. The are they? Uh, yeah, the Norway. I think it was a Norway game. Diane, Lucy's mom, had uh, tweeted, "Right, I think I'll go to the pub now." And then a picture of their <laughs> pints, <laughs> watching just chilled out because it's so easy just watching the match with a beer. Fantastic, brilliant. Well, um, so we we we've come to the end of our end of our time on this pod. Going to ask you for your um. Your prediction for Wednesday? What do you think it's going to be? Two, 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 two or three goals that England will Spain score. Let's go for it. No, they're not. So it's going to be two or three nil to England. I'm going to go with three one. I think law of averages says that um, we we've got to concede at some point. Spain are rubbish at scoring, Mitch. (laughs) Yes, does that? But I I could just see there being you know. A consolation, or you know, we're two, we're two nil up, and 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 there's an error. It's just a law of averages thing. You don't go so many minutes in 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 international football against really really good opposition without without conceding a goal. And so far, we've we're like absolutely smashing it. Our yeah. aggregate score is ridic- ridiculous. What fourteen nil uh, in this tournament. Well, maybe it's just the aftermath of last night still in my um, blood system, but I'm I'm embracing the fact that actually we're really good. <laughs> it's just, such an odd feeling. It is, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, and I'm gonna keep as as I say keep riding that wave um, towards Wembley. Got my flag, got got my just worried about the trains being in the right place to get us there, but you know not much we can do about that. And we will, by hook or by crook, manage to get ourselves uh, on Wembley Way and and uh, and cheer cheer the lasses on to hopefully to winning if they get past Sweden, as you say. So we're going to leave it there. I'll just say to everyone: if you can give us a like, a share, a rating, five star rating, and a review on the podcatcher that you're listening to us on, that will help get this in front of more people. Loads and loads and loads of stuff on the Rope Report website. We're writing. Uh, almost every day at the minute about England in one way or another. 
and uh, never know, we might even start writing about Sunderland um, as we've got uh, warm-up games and stuff coming over the next few days. So uh, it's it's a it's a fun time to be a women's football fan. Um, so thanks a lot for your time this morning, Jen. Thank you. And we'll speak to you all soon. Tara. Single apology.